The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Being estranged from a family member is often more common than people realise. It can be difficult to deal with and hard to resolve, sometimes impossible. I'm joined by clinical psychologist therapist and co-host of the Tough Love podcast, Stephanie Regan. Stephanie, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Nice to be here. Is it a common thing for people to be estranged from their families and what might the common causes of that be? Yeah, well, it actually is far more common than people like to think because I think people uh, keep it quite quiet in themselves. They feel it's a bit of a shame in a family, you know, that brothers don't talk to brothers or Um, you know, a mother doesn't talk to to a daughter or vice versa. So um, the figures are more like one in five. It's a very... It's very common. Yes, it's very common. And I'd have to say... I would sort of completely, you know, agree with that in the sense that I I, I pick it up in in practice all the time that there are many, many um, difficulties in this area. And a lot of them happen, as as you mentioned, you know, at the outset, there are many, many reasons why. Of course, you know, the obvious one and one that people think of a lot is after a death, you know, that there are people that there are always, you know, these kind of difficulties. But actually, there are many other times when it happens as well. But uh, the will or the lack of a will or the perceived unfairness of the distribution of assets, all of that kind of thing? Yeah, is an absolute... You know, when... I, I always think, you know, the will is one thing, but if you just go b- before it, usually it's it's what's there beforehand that determines. I mean, often families resolve things. You know, families have a pattern of... and a kind of a culture of resolving matters. Or they have a culture where they actually fight and argue about matters. And uh, so the template that is there comes to roost, if you like, and it comes into play. It usually begins with perhaps the caring of the parent. You see lots and lots of problems happen then. Somebody is, you know, not doing enough. Uh, Somebody doesn't want to put in the money. Somebody wants to mind the money too tightly. Somebody doesn't want the person to leave the house. Somebody does want her to leave the house and they want it sold. And there's all sorts of all sorts of things come into play. So money often comes into play, even in the caring aspect. So so and then afterwards, well, you know, so-and-so carried most of the load. They should do better out of the will than those who did no carrying at all. Yeah. And and that's that's their feelings that people carry. Um, and they may be preceded by feelings of favouritism that were already in the household. That's another important thing from parents. Um, but of course, I think absolutely that the very best and only way to deal with these things is to keep keep it equal insofar as is absolutely possible, yeah. you know, from a will point of view. Now, uh, or there'll be generations the of problems. Making the will, if they're compass mentis at yep. the time of making it, uh, if they haven't already ceded power of attorney to one of the loved one ones, of them, yep. um, is to anticipate Yes. All of these difficulties yes. and, and kind of iron them out, say, this is what I want. This is the where it's going. And this is the reason why. And I think that really does help if there's talk beforehand, because and nobody wants to talk about death and nobody, none of us want to talk about when we're going to be um, unable to manage our own affairs. But the reality is it happens and it happens often in a moment. And and you don't get that warning to, you know, to really be be able to sit down and have these heart-to-heart conversations. So you must do it ahead of time. Do it when you haven't got the problem in front of you. Talk to your kids, tell them what you want and try, I always say, try and write it down 
it doesn't always have to be a legal document, but write it down because it helps people then to know your wishes. And then yeah. that's of great help in a conversation afterwards. Okay, now it? let us suppose that the issue has happened and it could be, you know, a, a slight where someone is not invited to a family occasion yeah. and then that gets bigger and bigger and suddenly it's two years since anyone's spoken to that person and so on. Or it could be yeah. to do with the last will and testament. Is it possible to resolve these things? I think often often what happens is people say time heals and and sometimes I think time does heal but but it doesn't always and and when there are rifts I think that time can be a bit of you know a kind of an amplifier really and you can be better just to try and keep up um a very simple piece of communication rather than trying to have big social events where you're together, you know, if there's been a distancing in a So what are you talking about? Are you talking about uh, the the Christmas card, the WhatsApp, the uh, birthday for a child or something like that? Yes, that if if there is a kind of a rift, but maybe to, 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 it's a a kind of an offer of hand, isn't it? It's a show of Mm -hmm. hand that, but that peacefulness isn't always between the people who have, you know, where the rift is. And that's, that is the issue. So there, usually what happens in these situations is, there are a number of events where people have to attend and then the people who are apart stay apart at those events. We've all been at them. Different weddings, different funerals. This one doesn't talk to that one, etc. But over time, by just being present in the room together, I think it helps in insofar as... There might be a rapprochement. There might be a, a small simply rapprochement. Simply because you're there. Yes, but but I mean there are there are sort of technical ways to deal with that. But if if I suppose I come from the emotional side, what is behind it? What is what has been going on that has caused this? And it is almost always in siblings. It is sibling rivalry. It is that that one brother thought the other brother got it easy when he got it hard, and that he got uh, an easier run through college or an easier run through and mustn't put pressure on to go to college or mustn't put pressure on for high results. I see this all the time. And the others, other was born maybe five or ten years later and he got all sorts of easy ways through, was let out early. All of these things. And they're in there in, their, in the unconscious, if you like, mm. maybe conscious as well. And so there is a little resentment holding there against each other. And they are the things that come to roost in these in these estrangement points and times after after wills and funerals. I suspect that the difficulties could be exacerbated in blended families. I mean, of the course. term blended seems lovely. There are I know. Everyone's blending and mixing yes. beautifully. Yes, it's but a rather course, a jagged blend. Yeah, the, I mean, yep. there's the history of whose parent has what and who yes. gets left what and, uh, and so on and so forth. Massively, massively dif- difficult and more complex, for sure. And I'm in a blended family, let me say. And... Uh, so I have a lot of understanding of that and I think it is really important to be explicit. I suppose, again, it matters in terms of time. If that blended family has been together for 30 years, it makes a big difference where, where if it has been together for five years and then there is a death. So, but entitlement, what people are entitled to, the line of blood becomes a, uh, you know, something sounds medieval, but the truth is it comes into play. People think, you know, but, you know, I am, I am blood his is child. Blood water. Blood is thicker than water. And when it comes, when it comes to money and when it comes to those, you know, those situations, people show a very different side of themselves. Mm. Um, if someone is anxious to, uh, you know, retie the the ties that no longer bind, mm-hmm. how do you make the first move? I mean, you say earlier that if you're present at these family occasions, but mm. suppose you feel time is running out. I really want yeah. to fix this. Well, I, I'm a great believer in apologies. I, I think that a simple apology can 
change the world. You know, it can, we see what it does politically, you know. But suppose it's not your fault. Yes, it may not be your fault, but you can be, you can apologise for offending. You can apologise for upsetting. You, you can apologise for the perceived insult. You, you, you know, you don't have to say, I know I was 100% wrong. Because let's be honest, you wouldn't have had the rift if you did think you were, you know, yeah. 100% wrong or right. So it's usually about perception. So I do think you can apologise. And I think by putting that out and maybe explaining slightly where you were coming from, that can be a beginning. That can be a beginning, all right. And not the kind of apology that says, I'm sorry that you got upset. <laughs> I know. That, that's not an apology at no, all. No, it's, it's, it's not an apology. I'm sorry you got upset. It is more explain yourself. All right. Stephanie Regan, clinical psychotherapist and co-host of the Tough Love podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Now- the Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.